Now, before we meet our next guest, the next 60 seconds may change your child's life. Watch this. I'm Josh Langley, and I inspire kids right around the world with my Being You Is Enough series of books, my school talks, and my online program, Inspiring Kids. Now, I want to inspire your kid to find their inner bravery and their inner courage to accept themselves as they are and give them a set of tools and a set of skills to be their best selves. Because I know that when you reduce all the resistance, all that negative self-talk, all that hate, all that dislike about yourself because you feel different, when you suddenly are able to let go of that, that energy is then transformed into something magical and so let me inspire your child. Should we just get going? So, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready, Gary? Okay, are you ready? Okay, you ready? I thought it was on the phone, so Josh really kindly gave me some extra time to wash my hair. Are you ready? Yep, ready as all the be. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Now, I can talk till the cows come home about everything in my wheelhouse, whether it's kindness, empathy, self-acceptance, talking about feelings, but when it comes to things that I'm not too sure about or I need to know more about, I refer to the experts. So this time, we're gonna be talking about keeping kids safe online with Claire Orange from DigiSocial. Now, Claire is also the co-founder of Best Programs for Kids as well as being founder of DigiSocial. She has been a therapist for 27 years, so she knows what she's talking about. And I love this little grab. This is about Claire. It's Claire's mission to increase and promote the preventative mental health care that every child needs through issues rising from a digital childhood. I love that. It's so exactly what, what, what I'm about. So let's get to know Claire Orange and how to keep kids safe online. Claire Orange from DigiSocial, thank you so much for joining me. How are you going? I'm good, Josh. Really excited to be here with you. Well, I talk to a lot of kids. I go to a lot of primary schools and I speak to a lot of the boys and the boys are always doing their gaming. They're playing Fortnite. They're doing Minecraft. They're playing Among Us and all that sort of stuff. And I also watch Todd Sampson's three-part mm -hmm. series on Channel 10, Mirror Mirror. And there was a really disturbing story about one kid who was playing, I think it was Fortnite, and he got groomed by some. How prevalent is that and what should parents be really looking out for? It's, look, it's such an interesting world, Josh, this whole world, boys gaming, girls chatting, mm. and how the, the online life is just harvesting their attention. So we've plonked a generation of children into an environment built for adults without really knowing yet what the whole repercussions were going to be of that. But of course, the people who've created programs always knew what the repercussions mm. were going to be cleverly programmed. So for our boys in the world of gaming, um, it's interesting when you look at how brains are gendered, so just like we're gendered on the outside, brains are gendered as well. So our boys have these incredible purpose-driven brains, um, so almost seven times more activation of the grey matter, which is specific task-based stuff. So if I say to a boy, can you do a puzzle or can you build that thing out of Lego, they will build the thing out of Lego and if I say, can you pack away now and they haven't finished the puzzle 
or finish the Lego, they want to keep it because the mm. purpose wasn't to half build a thing. The purpose was to build a thing and now you've ruined my entire life. So <laughs> gaming is that thing that's great for most boy brains, not all boy brains. So historically we know that, you know, our boys, our men were hunters, one thing, one attention, not like that girl brain that processes one million things at once has got 60 billion words to describe it with. Um, boys have this very focused attention. So the world of gaming, of course, is exactly that. That's what our boys love being in. They love being in that purpose-driven, single-focus world. And that's what they're doing. They're building, they're breaking, they're destroying, they're fighting, they're warring. Mm. That's, that, it really fits well. So when our boys are there, <clears throat> there's also a huge thing in that boy brain around dominance and competition. So we know that socially boys are driven very much by dominance and competition. It's across most boy groupings. Um, and for the for the boy who's the sensitive heart on the sleeve little lad, um, he doesn't fit with dominance and competition. He wants love and hope and wonder. Mm. Um, so those boys often don't fit into that that dominant competitive world of general men. But gaming, that's where our boys find themselves. So, of course, levelling up, having loot, having enough resources, uh, they are very exploitable in that space because they want to be top of the pops. They're wired for it. Their brains are wired for it. Their psyche is wired for it. So the the prevalence of, of grooming boys in gaming are not just around sexual grooming, around all sorts of other favours, around trading, is enormous and it's growing and it's one of those sort of ugly parts of online life that we, I don't think we give enough space to, is actually how profoundly impactful this is on our boys. Yeah, I, and I suppose it's um, it's something parents wouldn't really, it's not top of their mind that this goes on. I mean, because I wouldn't even have thought about it until watching this and, and hearing some other stories and and what? How can you equip kids to to be aware of of what's that? Because I was talking to a, a kid um, last year, and he was saying that he got bullied by this other guy online. And I said, "Well, are you friends with him in in the real world?" And he goes, "No." Do you know him at all? And he goes, "No." And he had no idea who this other kid was. And assuming that he was a kid as well, you just assume you just don't know. So how can you make kids be more critical about what they how they how they're engaging? Well, you know, I suppose this was the whole drive, um, mm. Josh, behind DigiSocial. So across every other aspect of parenting, if there's an element of danger, we don't just take a child and go, sure, just cross the road and see how you go. You know, when they're little, we hold their hands, we teach them to look left and right, we show them the direction of flow of traffic, we put them on a bicycle, we let them go in front of us, then we let them ride by themselves, and one day we put them in a car. That's progressive brain training towards risk management and management of self in a busy environment. We do it with swimming, we do it with driving, we do it with road safety, drug aware, sex education, we don't do it with digital mm. life. Hand our child a device. And we leave them to it. And that that is enormous risk to a child. But, and I don't think many parents understand that. So for me, um, in, in the many roles that I've worked in, very privileged roles working with families in the worst moments of their lives around 
um, suicide, uh, self-harm, sex abuse. Mm. The impact of digital life has become profound in the last seven years. And we haven't really got the right tool that engages children. That's not just an adult telling them about, be it a parent, be mm. it a teacher, be it a guest speaker, that it's actually something they love. It's technology that pops a character up and says, hey, would you say that to your granny? Or, hey, that's an awful lot of skin to be showing online. Let me tell you about that. Mm. And that's what technology does. So our technology uses AI to educate the child. We have to make sure that we put water wings on digital life for our children. We don't just hand them the device and say, go for it, because there is a massive world of joy, exploration, risk and threat for our children. And the last two far outweigh the, the you know, the joy uh, mm. that children will have. Well, that's the thing, because Generation Alpha, which are the primary school edge kids now, they, they wouldn't know life without a device, without a phone or without a tablet, and that's what they've grown up with. And and as you kind of say, you can't take that away from them. It's like, how do we integrate? How do we create the world, a safer world around that? But it's like bringing parents and bringing educators up to speed, because I think is is the online world is 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 evolving and changing so fast it's hard for for everyone else to keep up with it and especially when it's multifaceted you know whether it's gaming whether it's messenger messengers or or whether it's it's social platforms like i know kids are on on snapchat and and are on um instagram i thought i was at one primary school and i sort of secretly said i think it was the year sixes or the year fives so who's on instagram and all these little hands and I said, you shouldn't be on Instagram. <laughs> but it's like they're all there and they're all interacting with each other. And it's like, I mean, I, for me, I don't know where I would start. If I, I don't have kids, most people know that, so I wouldn't even know what to do. So I, I really feel for parents in that situation because they're the least equipped. So what does DigiSocial actually do? What, how, what, what, what's the actual framework of DigiSocial? Well, it's a it's a very interesting concept. So it really is a world first um, platform for children. So it is a, a digital life social media training platform for children. So children go on, looks, feels, and performs like social media. We have it for home. We have it for school. Best time to use it is before children are heavily immersed in digital life. So giving it to a thirteen year old, lamo kablamo, mm. no one's mm. going to play with it. Like, duh, who's mm. going to play with that? But seven, eight-year-olds in school are, are year fives and sixes because it teaches the social and emotional learning curriculum to children. So all of those personal social capabilities, the teachers, digital technologies. So the child logs on, um, just like they would to any social media, they put in their safe password, and then they're onto the message board. The message board just is a place where everyone can interact. We post content on there mm. that's provoking um, helps children to understand there's a chat zone a help zone where we connect them to kids helpline and of course the e-safety commissioner here in australia is such an important part of our children's cyber health and well-being is the e-safety commissioner and we train them how to go there we train them how to use it we train them how to ask for help um, in the chat zone the ai runs all the time so we call it the virtual teacher our little character called digi so if the child swears racist hate speech puts youtube lyrics up <clears throat> uh, so there's a, a a lovely song on youtube at the moment called open wide if you're a parent of a um, primary school age children it's not about going to the dentist 
just in case you think it might be. Um, so children, uh, it's it's what you think it is. If that's what you're thinking, Josh, use your dirty mind. It is about that. Um, really? it is and, it's, and is it targeted for, for primary school age kids? It's the most popular song on YouTube oh. for primary school at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's references to sex, to mm. violence against women and how you get what you need out of her while she's opening wide. Um, it's it's trending the highest on YouTube at the moment. Uh, so if children take snatches of that, they pop it on the platform, the AI monitors it and pops a little character up, Digi, who gives them a warning and says, hey, you know, you know better than that. Have another go mm. after three warnings, wherever they are on the platform. So we've got um, there's games that they can play. There's one that can play a drawing game with friends. So mm. think about how many pavements you walk past, Josh, where children throughout the ages have drawn the same thing on the pavement, that little bit of male anatomy that seems to <laughs> pop up on. Yeah, yeah, they they draw it on Digi as well. Mind you, that's... Children are exploring. So we don't... Even adults children. do it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny and that's bad. It's not any of those mm. things natural exploration but online it's permanent it actually mm. damages reputation forever can't get rid of that stuff so we want children to know that wherever they go we educate them whatever they say we educate them third strike they get taken to watch a tutorial related to their action um about why you wouldn't say that why you wouldn't use hate speech why are you 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 don't mm. you know discriminate etc all over and we pop challenges up for children on clickbait scamming um uh, inappropriate content, inappropriate contact, body image. So all of this just gets fed to children on the platform. So when we put them into digital life, we've already put the train wheels on. They know what they're doing. They're stable. Mm -hmm. They can go out there fully resourced and much more able to cope. So that's kind of the, the platform in a nutshell. And do parents have access to, so obviously they can see what their child's doing? So we the the power the platform is really powerful. What we do know is that a parent is more likely to get involved and use the words bad, naughty, don't, shouldn't, never, mustn't. Um, whereas the platform is quite gentle and non-judgy in its education. It's actually so we show parents what the achievement is for the child. What are they doing? What are they seeing? What have they read? What have they watched? Where have they gone? But we don't show them strikes. Because okay, the child's already been managed by the platform. Mm. So we know that children respond well to the technology. It's not shaming. It's not judgy. This is why children don't ask for help because an adult says, I'm going to take your device away. If someone behaves mm. like that, I'll take it away. That's why kids don't tell us. So mm. I'm certainly not engaging that on the platform. So it's also giving the kids certain a level of autonomy as well with their, they can manage their own social the device use and, and interaction and stuff like that. And I think that's important as well. It's so important. And I think, you know, we do a lot of we do a lot of um, screen management. We do a lot of doing to the child. Uh, so we we control their screen time and and we put filters on. We do all this stuff. But if they go to someone else's home and they don't have any of that stuff, mm. then they don't have any skills themselves to know how to cope. And I am 100% a believer that when we educate our children, we teach them how to take responsibility because they know once you know better, you can be better, you can do better, and they're such clever little units. Mm. They, if, if just respectfully educate them um, and re educate them in a drip feed, respectful environment that replicates social media, um, how can we possibly go wrong?
Yeah, it's a nice, safe way of doing it. Uh, one of the things I also um, discovered, I was chatting to a child psychologist, Shell Taylor, and she was saying that in her clinic, she actually gets kids to 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 bring their device and to show her what they're watching on YouTube or, or whatever, and actually gets the kids to actually engage with them and explain. So she said, instead of just the viewing as a passive thing, it's actually becomes an active thing where, where she's yeah. actually asking, what's what 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 what's that character mean by that? What do you think that song means? And actually getting the kids to really explain it. And I think that's I've never thought about things that way. Uh, co-viewing part of part of part of being involved. The biggest protective factor in any child's life is their parent or grandparent mm. or interested auntie or uncle who is at the shoulder partner and goes, you know, I've I've got boys, I've got four of them. They love gaming. You know how I manage their gaming lives is I'm interested. I'd sit beside them and I say, tell me, tell me why would you do that? Is there a strategy to that? It's like chess. It's very skillful. So if I understand that world and I'm respectful, then I can have better conversations about it rather than me going, oh, my God, you spent all your time there. You're never going to meet anyone. You're never going to move into your life. Oh, you're going to be stuck in my home for the rest of your life. You know, the typical 40-year-old virgin, oh, I don't want to be left with them. Um, I think a few mums are going... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can feel hysterical, right? But if you lean into that world with your child and say, why do you like all those cat videos? What is the thing with unboxing presents? Kids have a reason. Mm. Uh, it's whack, but mm. we watch sport on television. Our children are watching esports. They're watching influencers. If we get into that world, then we start to create a respectful and trusted space. It's such a great thing for parents to remember and to do. Yeah, and also that that child feels seen and feels wanted and feels accepted in that space because the parent wants to spend time with them and, and actually interested in what they're doing. Even if you just fake it, it still means a lot to the child, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. There's, there's so much to be learned. Honestly, the mm. stuff that I've learned from my boys about the online space, about the misogyny in gaming and about how they can champion girls in that space, I wouldn't have known if I didn't sit beside them and say, tell me more about that. How does that make you feel? How do you manage that stuff? Mm. Um, that means that there's nothing they can't bring me and I don't just kind of do the raised eyebrows and go, oh, that seems like a lot. Have you got the resources to cope? Can I help you in that space? Because they trust me not to be hysterical because I don't I don't fully understand it. I don't get mm. it. I don't have to. I wasn't born. I'm not of that generation. Yeah. But they are. Mm. They are. How do you teach kids empathy when they're spending so much time online? Oh, I tell you what, the, the studies from around the world, the global studies, actually just on the brain changes. So it's phenomenal how much digital life has impacted the development of the human brain, of the, the bit of the front of the brain called the prefrontal cortex that slows us down, helps us to regulate, show empathy and attention. Um, that's changing because it's not being trained very well with digital life. In fact, the back of the brain is that's reactive and emotional is being trained far better. Mm. So that everything, um, I'm pretty sure you've been on community forums. Someone says, um, what's this tree in my garden? And then someone else goes, that's a giant weed. You should take it out. Your neighbours will hate you. It will burst your water pipes. You're an idiot. You're a moron. Um, you're a loser. And then 6,000 people also give the thumbs up to that post. And you just said, what tree is that? And everyone, you know, lays hate on you. Yeah. Um, that we've seen it on COVID. We've seen it on vaccination. We've seen it on 
all sorts of big issues, but you see it on tiny daily issues, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, so, so empathy is being trained out of our children in the online space because there's a lot of celebration of low empathy behaviour. Mm. But more badly behaved you are, the um, more acclaim and accolades you get, the more likes, laughs, shares, reactions. And guess what gets shared the most on YouTube? All these videos where people are falling over, getting knocked out and stupid pranks and all that sort of stuff. Hurt. The stuff mm. that we know is always sold with human sex and death, mm. you know. That, mm. that stuff, it's what the media peddles. It's its everywhere. It's actually, you know, humans are routine sticky beakers. If you see something on the freeway, you have to turn around and do the rubber yep. necking. Yeah, yeah um, exactly, yeah. And, and so people are drawn to it in digital life because it's there. It's readily available and readily shareable. So, you know, as as our little people are beautifully empathetic, and life kind of knocks that empathy out of it. So managing their screen time, I used to print things off my screen and show them to the boys and say, I came across this today. It made me feel really sad. I'm wondering what you think about it. And ask them to kind of dip into their empathy and see what that might feel like. wonder what that would have felt like if that was you who got it. Well, what about if someone had said that to your brother or your best friend? How would that have made you feel? Mm, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Um, so we would have those discussions, use lots of feelings words. Uh, and those are great things to be doing in our homes is to connect our children to their beautiful empathy because it's there. There's no child born without it. And that was uh, that was beautifully guided by yourself. And that's what parents can do. That's where parents can step in and bring their own empathy in. Now, look, there's a question I ask everyone, Claire. What lights you up? Um, I'm I'm one of those tragics that I I love the work I do. I feel it, it's a deep honour to to be in front of parents, to be in front of teachers, to be in front of children, and to share what is an accumulation of thirty years worth of sitting in the chair with hundreds of thousands of families in a variety. It lights me up. I think I think that ability and the opportunity that I've got to do the work that I do with the many people I do it with is such a delightful gift. I, I certainly feel it's an honour and a, it's a privilege. But outside of that, Josh, I am a rampaging beekeeper. Oh. And I love nothing more than pulling Apri apart. Are you an apiarist? I am. I, I just am. So I've got flow hives, uh, which are an Aussie invention. And they are the most unbelievable little hive mind uh, who live and work together, who do things in unity. One cannot survive without the other. Ah, it's my excitement. I, I love it. it. I can hear it. I can hear it. Now, Claire, if people want to, families and parents want to find out more about DigiSocial, just go to the DigiSocial website because I'll put the link down there. Thank you very much, Josh. Yeah, so DigiSocial is a great place to start. I encourage families, if, you're, if your child is just getting into online life, uh, you know, it's 10 bucks a month uh, and there's everything and you get access to a platform. You can invite granny and granddad, auntie and uncle at no cost and they get to watch delightfully little three to five minute snips of me covering everything you'll need in your digital parenting. So what a great start and um, for me to be able to, give your child that beautiful start to their digital life, please go and have a look.
I love that. Thank you so much, Claire. It's been wonderful chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you, Josh.